I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, December 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Jay, we have a new richest person in the world, Bernard Arnault, and I guess his whole family. They're behind LVMH, the house of brands that owned Louis Vuitton and Christian Dior and Fendi and Givenchy and Tiffany and & Co. And they just took the top spot on the Forbes richest person list with a net worth of $185 billion, overtaking Elon Musk, who spent a big chunk of his money on the Twitter acquisition. Now, and this solves multiple questions, but one big question is maybe this is where all the gold bars are going that we talked about yesterday. <laughs> From yesterday's story. Yeah, maybe. I will say, though, and this has nothing to do with the gold bars, but I was with my kids yesterday in Queen West. We like looking at sneakers. That's kind of yeah. like it's a little bit of a pastime. There is a Nike Dior. It's like a Jordan Dior. Oh, yeah. That's like they have one at the, one of the stores in Queen West. It's pretty sweet. It's worth a lot of gold bars. We did not get it. Don't worry. It's not what I'm wearing on my feet. But I love the I love Elon Musk is not the richest person. Well, I know you'd be happy with that. The yeah, the, I've seen the Jordan Dior Jordans. Those are expensive for sure. Maybe maybe Peak Pals we can rally together and get Jay a pair. How about that? I'd be like the least cool guy wearing those shoes. Brett, aside from shoes that I will never wear on my feet, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, interest rates are up again. For our second story, Good Leaf goes big. And for our last story, a new report on Canadian minerals. For our first story, we've come a long way since the 8.1% inflation rate seen in June, which was a near four-decade high. But if you ask the Bank of Canada, the economy still has some way to go. Brett, what's going on? What's the bank thinking now? So the Bank of Canada, they hiked their base interest rate by half a percentage point to 4.25%. Now, another hike was guaranteed thanks to a strong U.S. economic data and inflation holding steady at 6.9% in Canada. But financial markets had anticipated a 0.25% bump, and so it was higher than expectations. The Bank of Canada took a softer note about future hikes, however, shifting from past assertions that increases were quote-unquote expected to come to say it would now be considering them. And it matters because Canadian interest rates are sitting at their highest level since 2008, but our central bank is the first of the G10 to indicate it's ready to press pause on future hikes. It's pretty interesting. There is growing evidence that high interest rates are starting to cool demand, and the Bank of Canada expects it to slow even more through the end of the year and into 2023. Now, Canada's economy grew faster than expected last quarter, but household spending has dropped and home prices fell for the eighth straight month in November. To zoom out a bit... The Bank of Canada was early out of the gate in tightening monetary policy and might be early to suspend its rate hiking campaign. If the U.S. Federal Reserve follows suit next week, it'll be a signal to the rest of the world's central banks that it's time to change course too. For our second story, Goodleaf, a Guelph-based indoor farm, raised $150 million from McCain Foods and the investing arm of Quebec insurer PowerCorp to expand its greens into a national brand. This is all per the Financial Post. That's a lot of funds for farming, Jay. Now, what's the big bet that these groups are making? Well, the move is a bet by two major companies on the potential of vertical farming in which crops are grown in warehouses stacked atop each other using LED lights. Now, the technique makes it possible for acres worth of crops to be grown in relatively small indoor spaces and closer to urban centers than traditional farms normally are. It also allows for quick and year-round access to fresh produce, much of which is being sourced by Canada from places like California or Mexico. 
And this all matters because some experts say vertical farming is key to boosting Canada's food supply, much like how the Netherlands became the world's second largest food exporter by value, despite being 240 times smaller than Canada by investing in the same technique. Now, critics have slammed vertical farming as a not yet viable solution in Canada, pointing out its extensive cost and high energy use. But the bottom line is that just as the ongoing lettuce shortage is proving, Canada's food supply chain is highly dependent on other places. And vertical farming offers food disruption, which could help with future food disruptions. You get to tie it all back. I like (laughs) it. I like it. For our third story, Canada has invested billions into the critical minerals mining sector this year with grand ambitions to become a major player and the global supply chain for electric vehicle batteries. A new report about the actual size of Canada's viable critical mineral reserves might, well, temper expectations. Yeah, so Jay, dropping the news, Canada holds less than 5% of the global proven reserves of any critical mineral needed for EV batteries per a new University of Calgary report. That's a figure that pales in comparison to the proven reserves of other countries and limits how much Canada can realistically contribute to the global critical minerals market. For example, Canada accounts for 2.1% of proven global nickel reserves, while Indonesia and Australia account for 22% each. For cobalt, it has 2.9%, while the Democratic Republic of Congo has 46%. The report reads that most of North America's critical minerals will have to come from reserves in South America, Africa, and the Caribbean, as well as Australia and China. And this all matters because Canada's proven reserves might be comparatively small, but they aren't insignificant. As it seeks out for an investment from countries that preferably aren't from China, it could still find a role as a smaller global provider of cobalt, copper, nickel, and zinc. Yes, but the data in the report only captures information about proven economically viable reserves that are ready to be mined. The federal government has argued that this doesn't present the true scope of Canada's potential minerals, which could yet be discovered. Let's go digging. Hey, pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Bill Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, if someone is serious about this sneaker thing, yeah. I am a size 10. Just yeah. have it be known out there in the world that I'm a size 10. They'll, they'll, they'll trade you the Jordan Dior's for your Tim Beebs toque. Oh. It's present would, value for future value. I'll give you two toques for those shoes. Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay. Thank you.